I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo. And I'm not Juliet. And we all want to know what's shaking bacon. And for the one millionth time, in a, for the hundred and thirty third, third, fourth time in a oh row. Oh my God. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. 134 episodes. Um, wow. Hard to believe. I, it's impossible to believe. Um, and there won't be 135 if I don't get this rolling and I sound like an airplane just having a problem getting off the ground. Uh, absolutely fucking nothing is happening. Um, so I don't believe that for a second. It's, it is true. My neighbor's house burned down, but that didn't happen to me. Uh, totally Your kidding. Your neighbor's house burned no, down? No, no. Oh, I would have okay. said photos. God damn. <laughs> yes, I hate that bitch. Um, no, nothing happened to my neighbor's house. Um let me think. Uh, okay. Absolutely nothing. I took half a Friday off because work has been all consuming. And I had just Yay. reached a point in my head where it was like, I I can't think anymore. Yeah. I, I yeah. cannot even craft a sentence. I, I yeah. can't. And so um, turned the turned the computer off Friday, took a half, officially took a half day. And then... Very good. Um, yesterday I sat on the couch and I know what's going on, right? It's just like my brain unloading. It's like, okay, I've uh-huh. been thinking nonstop for whatever a month I need to like fucking not. And so I stared at a wall and I turned on my favorite moving wallpaper, which is UFO documentaries and then oh. fell asleep because they are so fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do I think I like these? I, I, I've seen all of the good ones, and there's no more good ones to see. They're not the yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, they don't make new UFOs like they used to. No, it's so very annoying. Um, yeah, and then how's that? And I made turkey chili. So yay, my my whole exciting yay. weekend so far. I did rearrange the guest bedroom. Um, this is how fucking boring my life is right now. I which is good. I like boring. Right, boring's nice. Everybody dramas not needed but uh rearranged the uh guest bedroom and last weekend i had three manhattans on saturday night because it was Mm -hmm. wild Mm -hmm. and i forgot or i chose not to remember or i didn't care that after theo has had more than two glasses of wine he should not Mm -hmm. go on ebay because he will buy shit yeah buy what i'll need it i need it so much it looks great Right. Is that when you bought that rug? That is exactly when I bought that rug. So I bought this rug. <laughs> and it is from Turkey. Yay. It is half I love of, it. It's beautiful. I, I loved it. I still love it, right? So that's the end point is it arrived. But so bought it. Um, took it about a week to get here. Showed up. It showed up in this little square 
box i was expecting it to be a rolled rug rolled and up. like yeah yeah a moving truck would like pull up to my house and yeah the airline stewardess would get off of the back of it carrying <laughs> the rug right right um and uh no the fedex guy just basically threw the square package on my front porch and oh drove off and i was like my rug's a square and i opened it up and it is so fucking beautiful i am Absolutely. Uh. So thankful to those three Manhattans because I never would have. I have favorited. See how I have nothing going on. I had favorited this rug almost a year ago. And then in my quasi drunk slash overly tipsy state, I've loved it for a year. And finally that night it was like, if I don't buy it, somebody else is going to. Nobody is going to buy that rug. It's been there for a year. It's fine. It, it could wait, yeah. right? But whatever. Um, thank the Martini gods that this rug turned out to be so cool, and I love it. And I stuck it in front of my um, let's call it the studio, although it's really the closet where I podcast from. Uh-huh. Um, and I can't shut the closet door because of the rug, so now I've had to kick oh, the no. rug out of the way. Yeah, it's a, life is like that. That is all that is going on. There's a bunch of stuff in the news, but, you know, F that. I'm avoiding the news right now. Um, yeah, totally. So what's shaking bacon? Because here I am talking about a stupid rug that I drunkenly bought. You have news. I think it's great. And and when I used to take, I think it was Xanax, I used to take Xanax and go on Amazon and eBay and buy all kinds of shit. Like I bought like three pairs of lime green leggings one time and I was like, what was I even thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't buy nice Turkish rugs. I just bought crap. So you're lucky. You have good taste. Drug <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Theo only likes the best and cheapest. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, now my bacon is that I I'm going to Norway uh, on Tuesday, which is very exciting for me. I've not been out of the country in I don't know how many years. I, I don't know how many years. I don't even know when. Well, I went to Canada, but that doesn't really count in Mexico. But other than that, I haven't been. I haven't been to Europe in a thousand years. So it should be fun. Um, I'll be there for a week, which is not not very long, but, you know, whatever. Um, I, I just took a week off to come visit you. So um, I think at work they're getting a little tired of me taking time off. But the heck with it. What I mean, too bad. I have time, so I'm taking it. So that's my exciting bacon. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm even. I I have even less exciting things going on in my day to day life than than you say you do. So uh, nothing to report on in my day to day life. I went to the UPS store again. That was totally exciting. Two times um, in a month, you here uh, right is your own Theo statue. You are the first recipient. This is pre my death. It is yours. <laughs> you are a hero. <laughs> Thank you. This so, is the biggest yeah, pain so in the we ass. Have a, <laughs> we have a, um, a story today to talk about, and well, let's move on to that. Um, and it's about Maddie Healy. He is singer of the English pop band The 1975. And I went and listened to some of their songs. I went to Spotify or whatever, Apple Music, and listened to their essentials. And it's not my thing. It's kind of shiny pop music and very um, glossy kind of stuff. Have you heard their music at all, Theo? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, in this story, there wasn't a lot for me to kind of grab onto. It was like, yeah. oh, I could do the history of like, um, I don't know, English music, or I could do the history of what rap or whatever. Nothing. There just wasn't anything in there that like I could really get a hold of. So I went to a lot of yeah. different places. 
Um, uh-huh. And one of the places was, who is Matt Healy and what is he about? And agreed, the music wasn't offensive. I wouldn't, yeah. you know, uh, well, um, yeah. it was fine. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Not I objectionable. Didn't, I didn't really like it. But it was it was not terrible. So I mean, oh, some of it I hated. But uh, well, anyway, okay. Yeah. In, in defense of of Matt Healy, some of it I found f- okay. It was okay. fine. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, as opposed to him, who I hate. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. Uh, just dislike him entirely. Uh, the Evening Standard describes him as deliberately provocative and very pretentious. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of his ideas, which are why I hate him um, going forward. But the the big news, what? Oh no, because um, uh, because I wasn't. Sh- I started off hating, and then I fell in love. Yeah. Right, oh, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" And I have this perfect like idea for the show, and then a thing happened, and it was like, "Oh, god, I am such a sucker!" <laughs> a totally sucker. That's funny. Okay, we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, uh, as we go through. Uh, the, so the the big news with him lately is that he and Taylor Swift have been seen together in New York holding hands. That was May 12th, so just a few days ago. Um, and he was also seen last Thursday night going into a, her apartment building in New York with an overnight bag. Um, and she's been so private in her recent relationship, which was six years long with some dude named Joe. Um, and I think that it was she was private at his request. I think she doesn't want to be private with her relationship, she said once, but he um, insisted on it. And uh, anyway, so she'd been so private that this was like a basically a public announcement that they were dating. So criticism soon followed, as it was bound to with anyone dating Taylor Swift, really. Um, but with him in particular, I think there's justification. So starting back in 2016, um, one of the things he said that, that I personally took objection to was in a profile for British music magazine Q when he was asked if he was afraid of losing himself in a relationship. And he said yes, referring back to a, a brief flirtation that he had had with Taylor Swift in like 2014. And he said, if I had gone out with Taylor Swift, the first thing I would have thought was, fucking hell, I am not being Taylor Swift's boyfriend. You know, fuck that. That's also a man thing, a demasculinating, emasculating thing. So, okay, um, he told The Guardian later that his comments came from a place of not wanting to come off second best in a clash of two big egos. If you you know what's so, really Maddie. interesting to me about about that quote? Um, so I listened to, uh, like I said, I, I had a hard, this was a very slippery subject for me. I could not find um, a purchase to yeah. grab hold of on it. So I listened to a bunch of different pop podcasts that were all like, Taylor Swift is dating this guy. Ah, the world's on fire, right? So just a little bit of that fandom stuff. Um, but so one of these podcasts, which was most of them were awful, and I hate pop culture. Uh-huh. So of course I'm not going to enjoy it, right? Um, but one of the one of the podcasters said something that I thought was rather um, interesting. So here we go. Here's what she said. She said, um, you know. So we're talking about artists and different levels of fame because what you just referenced about Matt Healy and Taylor Swift, and she's like the most mm-hmm. famous woman in the world, can have any man that she wants. And their whole thing was like, why is she with him? He's awful. We hate him. Right. And mm-hmm. and they said it exactly that way, too. Um, <laughs> so, so they were talking about how like um, this one musician that she dated, they were like, you know, he's... He's famous, but he's like British famous. He's not Hollywood famous. 
Right. And Matt Healy is music famous, but he is not famous famous. World so famous. He's famous right. in the music industry for being as cool as he is, I guess, in terms of, of his artistic output or his band's uh-huh. artistic output. So um, interesting that he doesn't know that. Yeah. Already. It's like, well, it doesn't matter how you'll never be as famous as Taylor Swift. Right. But you, you're like Amy Mann. You have your own little cult following among the people who know or whatever. And so, you know, enjoy that. Enjoy not whatever I'll shut up now. But so it's just, it's, it's just interesting to me that, uh, that he thinks he's more famous than he really is. Cause I had never heard of him. I never thought about that, but you're right. So he uh, he thinks that he's an equal to Taylor Swift, but he's really not even close to it. Um, <laughs> not even close. So then the next thing you said that pissed me off was in December 2018, or the next thing you said that I know about that pissed me off, uh, he said, the reason misogyny doesn't happen in rock and roll anymore is because it's a vocabulary that existed for so long that it got weeded out. Which, like, first off, what? What are you even trying to say there, Maddie? Um and second, I think I understand what you're trying to say, and it's bullshit. So, um, so that's him on women, or that's well, that's the first so to speak. But I'm pumped. We'll get yeah, we'll get some more of women later. But um, in January of this year, he did a Nazi salute during a song that referenced Kanye West in a, a manner that might indicate that he was calling Kanye a Nazi, but it's still questionable. So this is where we talk about um, him being a provocateur and basically a troll and that being a persona and not being his real self. Um, I think that's all bullshit. He's like 34 years old. He's way too old to be behaving so childishly. He's way too old for that. Absolutely way Way too too old. old. Yeah. Yeah. So cut it out, Maddie. Grow up. Um, It's just typical white male bullshit, in my opinion, and it needs to stop. Um, Yeah. So the worst thing that he did, I think, that I know of, I can't say that I know everything he's ever done, but in February, he appeared on the leftist podcast, The Adam Friedland Show, which is something else I'd never heard of, but it's one of those, I guess it's one of those bro podcasts where they laugh about it's White stupid stuff. It's it's a Howard Stern derivative. Mm. Yeah. So on this show in February, he laughed while the host did racist impressions of Chinese and Hawaiian people in an impression of what they imagined the rapper Ice Spice's voice to sound like. I'd never heard of Ice Spice before this. Does not mean Ice Spice is not famous. I had just never heard of her. Um, she's a rapper, and I did not... Oh, I meant to listen to one of her songs, but I didn't do it. I did. Oh, how was it? It was fine. She did a yeah. a video with Rihanna, and oh. it was good. What I uh, what I liked about it was um, it, that I had read an interview with her, right? And reg- and this is what the host of the podcast. This is how she sort of came up in the podcast. Um, uh-huh. She there was a quote where she said something like, uh, "She really likes alternative music." And she's a big fan of the 1975 Matt Healy's band and uh, that people would expect that from her because she's a rapper. And so when right. I listened to her um, sing or when I watched her perform, because really it was more of what it was, um, you know, it was it was the very typical what I would expect from two female rap artists getting together, embracing their own sexuality and mm-hmm. it, it, and it was a perfectly fine song. 
right? Very sexy, very, very, not not erotic, but just, you know, just very sensual, but great, awesome, have at it. Uh, but it was knowing that she was a fan of this band that I found to be a kind of, meh, they're fine, that I was like, oh, okay, um, an artist who's open to many different forms of art. Yeah. Very cool. Or genres right, within cool. hers. Yeah. So, so uh, respect for her. Hooray. <laughs> That's yeah, all I got. But, uh, okay, she cool. Was that good. sounds good. That's more more research on her than I did. Um, but according to Rolling Stone, uh, Maddie Healy mentioned that he had once messaged Ice Spice on Instagram, and then uh, Friedland and some other dude on the show uh, referred to, to Ice Spice as an Inuit Spice Girl, and they said things like, this chubby Chinese lady. Yeah, I rap and make music. Do they talk like that? Do Inuits talk like that? And then they went on to mock Chinese and Hawaiian accents while good old Maddie laughed along and said, yeah, that's what Ice Spice is like. And then in another instance, the host said that he should message her on Instagram and, quote, slide into her DMs and ask, what are you, a fucking Eskimo or something? So questionable. And it was removed. The podcast segment was removed by Apple and Spotify for racism. But it is still on YouTube. Yeah. Or at least that snippet's on YouTube because I did hear that. Um, yeah. And I didn't seek it out. It was just a link in a news article that I was that I'd read. And um you know, I get what happened. The hosts were just kind of riffing. They probably had no idea of who Ice Spice is. Um, much like me, I it's not it's not a genre I would listen to. It's music that's like I stopped listening to music in 1990. Everybody, if it's not Riley right. Kylie, I don't know who it is. So sorry, <laughs> don't don't at me. Um, but you know, like they they were riffing on the idea of. Uh, Inuit Spice Girl, and then they fell into their racist tropes, right? And uh, easy to do behind closed doors with your friends if you all think you're comedians, right? And you're being edgy. Um, there's, you know, if you're racist. Well, ra- you know, racist being the, <laughs> the edgy part, the, that shock value right, in comedy, right? Right. Um, right. Uh, uh, yikes! I saw Hannah. Gatsby's um, Nothing Special last night on Netflix. Oh, was it good? I love her. It was so fucking good. And here's what's so good about it, right? And and this sounds very out of left field, and it kind of is, but then it's not, because I'm going to tie these two things together in a very Hannah Gatsby kind of way. Um, Mm -hmm. She's so fucking masterful at planting a seed and, and plucking it later, right? Yeah. And... And she just does it so well that she can actually say some things that that skate real close to objectionable, but don't get there. And then later reference that objectionable comment she made. And then you can see sort of the truth in, in her stance. Right. And not that she agrees with the racist objection there was no racism in the in the hannah gatsby thing but that, not that she agrees with the objectionable thing but just like you know there i i can't explain it watch it okay. it's very good right and i saw it sober i was not high when i watched it um <laughs> you know so. she is curating did i say that in new york when i'm going to new york in june i'm going to see the uh, picasso exhibit that she is curating and i totally would be excited. all over that because that's going to be fascinating but so so the point is that Hannah Gatsby can get away with things like that, right? 
because she's going to okay, not stop there. She's going to take it and make the point bigger and and broader, or she's going to narrow in and and like a laser, like a lightsaber, she's going to slice the, <laughs> the stereotype in half and show you the truth at the core, which is love, because she's amazing. Um, so, so great. And those guys didn't do that. There might have been a way to, well, just don't have racist jokes, everybody. That's that's what right. you do. Just don't. It's better. Yeah. It's better. It's it, Why is it necessary, right? Right. Exactly. Um, but anyway, okay, so I so I have firmly derailed you, but the the point of all that is to say that um that the two podcast hosts were who should never be trusted. Uh podcast duo, yeah. absolutely the worst pieces of filth ever created. Um <laughs> No, um the best things ever to spring from the earth. But um you know, they they were riffing trying to be comedians, I don't know if they actually are. Um and then it did fall into the very frat bro kind of humor camp. And mm-hmm. they just sort of stayed there. And Matt Healy did kind of, we didn't kind of, he did laugh along with it. Um, right. And so uh, there are those people who might have taken it, taken that moment to say, hey, you know, mm, I get what you're doing, but maybe not. Let's not do this. Right. Uh, but, you know, he did not. But he didn't. Right. He didn't do it. And even worse, during the same episode, um, and this is what, if I were Taylor Swift, this would absolutely be uh, a deal breaker, uh, absolutely no go after hearing about this. Um, during the same episode, he also joked about masturbating to hardcore porn in which black women are humiliated and brutalized. Um, so there's a Reddit thread on this and fans of Swift either uh, on, in the Reddit thread either begged her to break up with him or decided that she was another wealthy, complicit white woman because she uh, apparently must know about this and not, not care. Um the porn the porn site that he was referring to is something okay so uh what do you call it what do you call it uh what, what do i say when i want people to be aware trigger oh, warning oh, oh, thank you oh. <laughs> it was like trigger warning uh degrading racially degrading and extreme pornography discussion ahead uh, i'm not oh, going no. to go into details but um i'm sorry i hear my you. mother calling me i i have to yeah. go <laughs> hey, yes, everyone, please go. Uh, skip, the, skip the rest of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, go, skip the next what 10 the minutes. fuck? Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Let's. Um, what, what have you got? So, the Medium article described one of the porn sites that he, he views. Uh, it's called Ghetto Gaggers. What? And it's white men. Are you white fucking men kidding me? I'm, I'm not kidding you. White men humiliating and sexually dominating black women. Physical violence coupled with jokes about poverty, welfare, slavery, and putting nooses on women. This was a Jesus medium 2017 Christ. article about abuse porn. So the article said the text on ghetto gaggers and other websites describes how they trick 18-year-olds and other young women who mostly have never been in a porn film and clearly have been manipulated in some way and totally unprepared for what they are about to face. The websites actually joke about how some of these women are being violated because they are desperate to pay for food and other necessities oh for their children. Oh, my God! It's more than likely that many women have engaged in this sexual torture so they and their children can simply survive. It would be surprising if many of the women in these films were not homeless or in precarious living situations to resort to such brutality to earn money. What kind of consent can someone fighting hunger and homelessness give to a lying, threatening producer on a contract that doesn't describe the reality of the abuse they're about to suffer? Uh, and you so don't have Maddie the resources for you. 
okay, so one, very, very shocked that, like, I'm not surprised, I suppose, that this sort of porn is out there. I'm just surprised that it's out there enough to have its own website. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) Everything has its own website. (laughs) I thought everything just went through Pornhub or whatever. I thought they owned all the porn in the world now. Um, So, uh... Uh, is that as, is it, a, okay, I don't know why this is so important. Yeah. And I'm not asking for myself. Is it a free <laughs> site or do you have to pay oh, for know. it, right? Because I, if I you know. have to pay for it, that's a level of want and need in yeah. you, right? That's, that's a level of like uh, extra there, right? They've got my credit card number, ghetto gaggers, really. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's free or not. I'm not going to go look, but I see the point that you're making. Right, because if it's not that it makes it better if it's free. Not only are you seeking it out, but you're 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 paying paying for it. it. Yeah, like you have to have it. I will pay for this. Yeah. Um. Holy shit! Why would you? Can I? mm. He was joking about somebody. He had a party. I guess at his house, uh-huh. and he was joking that one of the women, young women that was at the party, had forgotten her phone or something at his house, and came back and found him masturbating to this ghetto gaggers website, and he was joking about it. Which, on one hand, okay, f- fine, I guess, like, oh, party guest came back and caught me naked, and I was playing with my, all right, fine, whatever, funny, but the ghetto right. gaggers part is is the thing that it's, it's like, the, yeah. Oh, the pale. oh <laughs> so I was I was severely tricked. Yeah. I did not do enough homework. Um, pray continue. Was that just oh, that's one? My news. That's that's it. That's that's all I've got about Maddie Healy. Hi, and that's enough for me to hate him for life. Um, so. I, I, I mm, man. <laughs> wow. Speechless. I really fucking yeah. am. And, and, and it's, it's again, it's just that thing of like. It's the two girls, one cup kind of thing, right? It's like, all right, I I know that porn is out there and that's fine. Okay, cool, whatever. But to publicly get out there and be like, yeah, this is my thing. That's my thing, right. I'm not going to kink shame, but I am on that there. Like, that's that's a problem. If it had it been like, I don't know, women of color who weren't in degrading let me rephrase all of that who weren't in severe financial need if these were just actresses sex workers right it'd be like okay fine you're choosing to play a character to, for a fantasy thing whatever cool it's gross i don't like it but it, it's the fact that the, what people are getting off to is the reality of the desperation in these women um it's terrible it's awful god um well, okay. Um, taking a complete left turn, as I said, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Like, what am I going to do? What am I looking for? So I did a lot of like uh, Taylor Swift fangirl podcasts where they talked about how awful it was that she was dating Maddie Healy. And there is one podcast that is a Taylor Swift podcast, and I am not. I'm not going to mention the names of any of these podcasts. If you just Google Taylor okay. Swift, they'll all pop right up, right? They're, they're the big ones. Um, there's one that examines the last 48 hours of her life in the news cycle. And that's all they do, right? It's it, We're going to talk about what's happened in the last two days. And so wow. I got a 
let's say blow by blow so we could sort of bridge over from ghetto okay. geigers to my okay. story right blow by blow description of taylor swift and maddie healy's romance as it was released to the press from friday through sunday and i could not believe the the amount of passion these two people had for taylor swift's life right and i get i mean fangirl i get it fanboy i totally get it i've got my fan shit too sorta i i don't really not not to that level right right um I, I can't think of anybody that I'm like that uh, about that I would, wh- whatever, who cares, right? I'm trying to make it about me. Um, mm-hmm. So listen to that. And I was like, I don't know who Maddie Healy is. I heard a couple of the band songs. I didn't listen to the whole song. I just long enough to know like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. All right, fine. Um, and so, huh. I'm not going to go into like, where did Taylor Swift come from and what she's all about? Cause we had a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift episode and mm-hmm. right. And then there were the things about Taylor Swift. Like one of the podcasts I listened to said that Taylor Swift um, is not necessarily a great person that she's very like methodical and everything that she does has a, a specific intention of um, enhancing her career. And so when she does something, she is doing it for herself, for her career, right? Okay. And that, um, for instance, like, and this wasn't the podcast host thing, but there, there was an article written by a Swift fan who's queer. It was like, she's going to all these states in America that have passed all these terrible anti-LGBTQIA laws, and she's not speaking out behind the microphone. And it's like, give, I don't care. Give her a break, right? I, whatever. What's she going to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I give her a pass. She's an ally. Ally? Yeah, she's an ally. She's an ally. <laughs> you have to wave the flag every fucking five minutes. You get to put it down and live your life. You pick it up when they pull out the guns and start hurting us into the trains. Um, oh, God, there's an image. So, okay, cool. Some some of the people in the Swifty community think that Taylor Swift is very methodical. Then there's a whole... or even perhaps Machiavellian about, about orchestrating her career. Um, and so is this Matt Healy thing kind of a, like a thing that she's doing for her next, next album. Who knows? There are people out there who think that Taylor Swift can do anything in the world and that she is some sort of a, she's like, okay, I'll say it. She's a white Beyonce. She is not. Uh, no one is as strong as Beyonce. But okay, cool. Um, so, like to to the point, this was going to be my big ta-da. Uh, there are people out there who have discovered that Taylor Swift's album releases coincide with deaths in the royal family. Oh my god! And apparently, Prince Philip died on like real close to her. She released an album, then Prince Philip died. Then she released an album, then. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth died. She's getting ready to release an album. And now everybody's like, you better look out, Charles. Right. Uh And so if he dies anytime within five years of that album release, the, the urban legend will be firmly cemented in place. Right. So, all right, cool. Whatever. Um, There's also a thing about how Taylor Swift 
uh, has an album release date that coincided with the anniversary of Donda West's death, and Donda West is uh, Kanye's mother. Oh. And so people are like, she's doing that on purpose and blah, blah, blah. Uh, apparently not, right? Seems Coincidence, unlikely. right? Yeah. And is she dating Maddie Healy in order to like do something with her career and shake things up? Oh, who knows? Oh, I think that's a song that she wrote. I'm not sure. Um, shake it off. Shake it up. <laughs> so shake it off. Shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off. Shake it up. So I, I kind of had nothing. The the Taylor Swift murdering the monarchy was kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, I, you know, whatever. That's like three albums, three deaths. Okay, cool. That could very well be coincidence, or could it? Um, <laughs> so what I was left with was the Matt Healy podcast called The Face. There's a Matt Healy podcast? There's a Matt Healy podcast. Where, oh my God, I didn't know. Well, let me tell you what. So tell me. I, I'm going to, because <laughs> it got me. It totally got me. I was like, all right, I don't know a lot about Matt Healy, but I, I heard the thing that started his apology or the reason for his apology, right? And read the apology and then watched the apology um, as it was made on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, like okay, you're a dick. I whatever. I don't have to personally like you. And then I heard the podcast, and the reason I listened to the podcast was because he interviewed motherfucking Stevie Nicks, and he did. He did. I know, right? Wow, it is so good. It and not that like really? oh Matt Healy's so good, right? What okay? Why was it good? And so I went from Matt Healy's a dick to. Wow, Matt Healy is actually very cool. He's like uh, insightful and aware. And st- so the face, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. the face, I don't know. Um, I think it's a BBC, but it doesn't matter. It's a podcast. And he sits down with his heroes and the people mm-hmm. who inspired him musically. And Stevie Nicks is one of his heroes. And he does a really good job. Um, talking artist to artist about the process and and kind of your perspective on life and your place in in the artistic process and also mm-hmm. like the gossipy bits about um, just your life. You know, where did that song come from? Why did you write that? What about that lyric? What was the dynamic like with X Y Z? And so, um, and it was an hour. And it was so good. And it was so good because he was respectful. Because Stevie Nicks, of course, you're going to be respectful. But, of course, yeah. But also, like, Stevie Nicks is one of his fucking heroes. Like, um, and so yeah. let me tell you the story that converted me from Matt Healy is a dick to Matt Healy, you are a really good guy. Okay. Um, and it goes something like this. Um. Stevie Nicks was sitting with some friends a couple of years ago, and uh, somebody put on a song, and she said, oh, who's this? And they said, it's the 75. And she Mm -hmm. said, okay, great, thanks. And then she went home and bought that album and started listening to it. And loved it. And the song Mm -hmm. that she loved was Chocolate. And so she felt this real connection to this band because 
one, she loves chocolate. Okay. Stevie Nicks is very airy fairy. I love her. She's very smart. But, but, you know, everything is a web in the goddesses or a strand in the goddesses web of life. Yes, I'm all there for it. Cool. Um, so she loves chocolate and the song was called Chocolate. But also 1975 is when she joined Fleetwood Mac. Oh. And so the band's name and the song title told her that there was something about this band that was going to be important in her life. And so oh. she started listening to their two albums before every one of her um, concerts when she would go out to perform. It would be what she would listen wow. to in the green room. For years, apparently, wow. she listened to these albums. She was like, you know how it is when you put on an album and it's not just the music, it's just the comfort that you get from hearing mm -hmm. the very familiar. She was like, that's what your albums were for me. And he cried a little bit. Aww. Right? He actually cried a little bit. Um, you could hear it in his voice, um, mm -hmm. just just beyond. Um, and and let's see, and and they went through the whole history of Fleetwood Mac. That's really all I have here is about Fleetwood Mac now, um, <laughs> and like how she started off. Um, she was in high school in San Francisco. She was with Lindsey Buckingham. They were playing all these gigs around town. They were getting popular. They opened up for. Um, Oh God, I'm drawing a blank. Guitarist, not Lenny Kravitz. Um, Jimi big. Hendrix. Thank you. They opened up for Jimi Hendrix in front of a, wow. a stadium of seventy five thousand people, right? Wow. And that's and she was going to college at that point, and she was in her third year. She had six more months to go before she was going to graduate, and she was the only member of the band who was going to school, and they were working full time. And she was like, "I just I have to drop the school thing." And uh -huh. so she called her parents and she was like, hey, I'm dropping out of college. And they were like, we support you. We love your music, but we are not financially supporting you. You can do whatever uh -huh. you want. But if you do this, you are on your own and you can always come home. Right. But we're not paying for you to be the guitar girl. And she was like, yep, no secret. You've always told me that. And so that's fine, mom and dad. And uh, then they she decided that they needed to move to Los Angeles because that's where all the record deals were signed. So San Francisco is where it was happening musically, but in order to get onto the radar of record producers, unless they came to your concert or heard through a grapevine, you need to be down there. So they went down there okay. and she worked as a cleaning woman and a waitress. And she was like, you know, I had three waitressing jobs and I was a cleaning woman and we were writing music. Wow. Um, and, 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 um, and they, uh, found this guy, I believe his name is Keith Olson, who's a very famous producer. And Keith Olson was like, oh, you two kids. Yeah, absolutely. Come over to my house, which also happened to be my studio. And we're going to record these songs you've been, uh, writing. And so they put out, uh, their first album called Lindsay Buckingham and was it? No, Buckingham and Nicks. That was it. Mm -hmm. Buckingham and Nicks. Um, I'm sure Brent is just beating his head against his desk right now. <laughs> like, God damn, Theo. Um, sorry, I don't know all this. And so um, the album didn't, it did okay. It got played. But as far as uh, she was concerned, nobody in LA heard it. Uh -huh. Except Keith Olsen had um, Mick Fleetwood over to his studio house, 
right? Mm-hmm. Where he was like, this is my studio house and you can record in here. And so he was basically selling a studio house to Mick Fleetwood. Um, and, and the guy was famous. So this wasn't like a, a big out of the ordinary thing for him to be with a, somebody who had put out albums and, and be pitching his come work in my studio. Um, mm-hmm. And so Keith Olsen put on Lindsay, sorry, Buckingham, Buckingham Nick, right? Put on the album in order to show what the production value in his studio uh-huh. could do. And Mick Fleetwood heard it and said, who is he? Uh-huh. Who is this guitarist? I, I need him. They were a blues band, Fleetwood Mac, and... um. And I don't know, somebody had just left, whatever, and they were sort of like, oh, what kind of band are we? What are we going to do? And so they invited um, uh, Lindsey Buckingham out to lunch. But in talking with Keith Olsen, they were like, we just need a guitarist. We already have a girl in the band. And Keith Uh Olsen said, well, uh, Lindsey will do nothing without Stevie. So Uh they are a package. If you want him, you have to take her. So they met um, and had dinner at a Mexican restaurant in downtown L.A. Wish I knew which one, because I'm sure it's still open. And um, and they got along famously. Everything was great. And the rest became history. They, uh, Stevie and Lindsay joined Fleetwood Mac. And I think their first album out was Rumors. Um, so they went straight to the stratosphere, which brought... Um, Maddie Healy to the question of how do you handle fame and, and Mm. what was that like to go from absolute obscurity to all of a sudden you're millionaires. So they, you know, they had that discussion and uh, they also talked about drugs and um, recovery. And so um, Mm -hmm. Stephen Nicks told the story about how she went to, um, to call it Belladonna. That's not where she went. Betty Ford, they bust over the B. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And and Matty Healy talked a little bit about his own experience with drugs. And so I bring that up because when I saw the apology happening on stage, yeah, he had half a bottle of wine in his hands. Yeah, he does that a lot, apparently. And so I think the issue with Matty Healy is there are issues with Matty Healy. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably Jeez. what's really happening there. So I see. I'll say, like, that's that's what I've got. Um, Taylor Swift, not everybody was absolutely on board with her. Some people see her dating Maddie Healy as, like, a professional move, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maddie Healy, I was like, oh, my God, I thought you were dick. You were so cool. But now, having heard these other bits, I'm like... Oh, you really are a dick. But I actually, even before the other bits, because I forgot, I so he did the apology, and um, somebody named Youngblood. See, this is how little I know about anything. I don't uh-huh. even. Youngblood's probably like Elvis famous. What, what do I fucking know about anything? <laughs> um, said something about three privileged white guys sitting around mocking a black woman. And. Right. Uh, Matty Healy then released a video tweet in response to that where he impersonated Youngblood. And it was like, oh, my Uh. God, guy, you are such a fucking dick. None of this is funny. You need handlers. You need somebody. 
every move you make needs to be run through a PR company. You can't be left alone with yeah. a phone. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah. And so Taylor, watch out girl. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully she does know what she's doing and she's going to not do it for very long. Um, <laughs> so she'll stop doing this immediately. Um, and we'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she didn't know what was up with Maddie Healy, but now she knows there's no way she could not know now. So, um, we'll see what, what happens next with her. Um, so the apology, uh, there actually was, a, sort of an apology um in late april maddie healy kind of apologized during a show uh at their show in auckland new zealand he said i just feel a bit bad and i'm kind of a bit sorry if i've offended you and he was sort of referring to a bunch of things that he's done not just the things that we've discussed but um uh, every basically it was kind of a blanket apology i think um and he did say and i, I watched the apology on video and it looked like he was talking to Ice Spice in the audience, but I don't know if she was actually in the audience or not. But it looked like he was talking to her when he said, Ice Spice, I'm sorry. It's not because I'm annoyed that me joking got misconstrued. It's because I don't want Ice Spice to think I'm a dick. I love you, Ice Spice. I'm so sorry. Um, and he also frequently says things like, I'm making jokes about shit because if I don't, then I have to be really sincere and I don't like doing that. Sounds like he needs therapy. Uh, and I know this is a paradox, but this is really freaking me out and I feel like I need to do this. I'm a little bit sorry about shit that I've said sometimes. I never meant to hurt anybody. So, really crappy, really shit apology. Um, uh, did he express regret? Kind of a bit. A little, sometimes, maybe. Um, he when he tried to explain what went wrong, he really said my joking got misconstrued. So it's like people didn't understand what he was really trying to say. Um, there was no acknowledgement of responsibility, therefore, um, no declaration of repentance. He just said, "I just feel a bit bad," which doesn't do it. No offer of repair. He's not going to do anything to make up for what he did, and really no request for forgiveness. So I rate this a one only because he said I'm so sorry and he might have been sincere but I don't think he really was so I'm giving him a one it's a it's a um a very generous one for this apology what do you think so um a total 10 because of motherfucking Stevie Nicks minus <laughs> uh-huh minus um oh, mm. minus reality Really is what it is. So, right. um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm at a one as well. I would even say, like, it's not a point five. Um, I, I'll, I will say this. From this whole moment, what I take away is that Matt Healy is beginning the Healy process. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> towards becoming a better person. And I think there's some more Maybe. work to do. I think he will... Do it. I, I think he's got the um, self-awareness and fortitude to um, handle whatever issues he is currently running from. Um, and yeah. I think maybe five years from now, make up a number, <laughs> three years and two days from now, he will be... <laughs> He will be the Maddie, the Maddie Healy that I fell in love with when I was listening to him. Um reasonably praise Stevie Nicks. I like Stevie he's Nicks. Either, I'm not that big a fan. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm not yeah, that big a cool. fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's either going to improve and figure out his life or he's going to die of sub substance abuse. 
Um, well, there is really the, the only the, options for him. The, no, there's also the middle ground where he just like drags himself through the next fifty years as a wine sodden, foul mouthed person who was famous for, for a while. I don't know why, but I don't see him going down that road. I, I see you don't one, see him hitting mediocre. Other. Okay, no. um, he's either gonna yeah. figure himself out and apologize, make make real amends and be a good person, or he's gonna die. <laughs> So watch out, Maddie Healy. You've got one choice. <laughs> Wait till Taylor Swift. Actually, Maddie Healy will have to marry somebody in the royal family, and then Taylor Swift will have to release an album in order for her to be able At to the kill same him time with that her he music. Dies. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's kind of hard because I think Princess Charlotte is like four years old now. I'm not sure. Um, so he's got a while. Um, yeah, I I think he'll grow. I I think he'll get his shit together. I think there'll be some... And, okay, I am waving my hands in the air now because <laughs> nobody can see that. Um, I forgot my big, brilliant thing because oh. I didn't. Re- I don't have enough to really knit it together. Well, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, right? And how Stevie said that she felt such a connection to the 75... Mm-hmm. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Maddie Healy and Taylor Swift are going to be doing an album together that will be all about their romance. And they will be the new Buckingham Knicks. Oh, there you go. There okay. you go. That's what I wonder what that album would be like. Uh, be it would probably so good. My, my <laughs> fucking idea. Do you like Taylor Swift? Her music? I do like Taylor Swift. I don't like her enough to put her on, right? Uh But whenever I hear her, I think, why don't I actually listen to her? Why don't I go out and Uh find her? Um, Who I do like is Phoebe Bridgers. And I have to thank... She opened for Taylor Swift in the tour, right? I'd never heard of her. Maddie Healy was talking to Stevie Nicks, and he he mentioned her and was like, she's a good friend. And of course, all the Taylor Swift fan sites were like, fan sites sorry they weren't fan sites they were podcasts but uh, mm-hmm. may as well be fan sites mm-hmm. um and they were like no he's dating phoebe bridgers and he can't be dating taylor swift she's so beautiful and famous and he's not worthy of her and oh god mm-hmm. maybe they're having a three-way <laughs> it can- everyone god. calm down who cares about <laughs> taylor swift she's fine her music's fine it's fine yeah that's kind of how i feel it's it's all okay i don't I love it i don't hate it it's just, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, did you have you seen the TikTok where the woman's sitting on the train in New York? I think it's New York. I don't know. Could, I don't know. Whatever. It's a northeastern kind of train. Could have been San Francisco. I don't know where it was. It's a subway train. And it's coming to a station. It's coming to a stop, um, clearly in the U.S. And um, the Taylor Swift concert has let out, and all of the Swifties are getting onto the train no. car. And the look oh. on her face as she recognizes what's happening and oh. how horrified she is, right? Because <laughs> it is 700 of the same girl getting <laughs> onto the subway car, all with the same look on their face. All it's a, yeah. a, a, It's just a Taylor Swift factory of Swifties. Funny. And it was pretty funny. I'll have to look for that. I'd like to see that. I may have saved it. So I may I'm- not have. All right. Do we have a who's sorry now or an apology expected this week? I have a kind of a longish one. Okay, cool. Let's hear yours. I've got a short one. Um, Go ahead. And so 
This is um, apology expected in the future from Elon Musk to... Oh, that's mine. Linda Yaccarino. Okay, no, different one. Different Elon Musk apology. Well, all right. Oh, maybe. Maybe. But what did, what did he do to her? Well, it's not what he has done. It's what he's going to do to her, oh, right? No. Or what what is going to happen. Because here's how scary psychic I am. Um, whatever this week, when I was also doing Maddie Healy stuff, I came across the glass cliff, which is a new concept to me. I have heard of the glass ceiling. I have seen it in action, right? But not yeah. the glass cliff. And so the glass cliff relates to this trend in corporate America where when a company is getting ready to fail, they appoint a female CEO Oh yes, who takes all the blame oh, yes. when everything implodes and explodes, even yes. though it was a shit show before she got there, right? Because right. she wasn't able to save it. Um, and and they're, it's not so much that they're thrown away, but they're pushed over the glass cliff, right? And so yes. when it's on fire, bring in a woman, because if a woman burns down, well, it wasn't a man that went down in ashes, so the man was saved, hooray. Um, and so I do think that Elon Musk will be issuing a future apology to the new female CEO that has been appointed to Twitter, right. Linda Yaccarino. Um and we will wait for that to happen. Um, Twitter's probably got another maybe year in it, if that. Because yeah. it is a fucking Nazi shit show. And God bless everyone, is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Poor Linda, whatever her name is. I can't believe she would take that job. What? But, uh, hey, what can you do? I mean, money, right? Um, yes. And I'm sure if Elon Musk came up to me and it was like, hey, Theo, listen, $70 million, you take all the blame. I'm sorry, everybody, that yeah, I fucked Twitter up. I guess up. you're right. I am yeah. so sorry about it. I did it. It was my fault. It was fault. my fault. I'll take my $70 million and go now. <laughs> I'll tweet For about real. it later. Fuck you, bitches. I'm rich. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Who's sorry now? Apology expected. Uh, Elon Musk is sorry, or he will be sorry, although he'll never be sorry. I, there are a few people who disgust me as much as Elon Musk does, and he, like, actually viscerally disgusts me. Um, but he uh, and his ex-corporation, which is the parent company of Twitter, um, are under investigation right now for building code violations at Twitter San Francisco headquarters after a lawsuit uh, filed by six former Twitter employees who say that uh, his transition team repeatedly and knowingly ordered them to break local and federal laws. Uh, one of the things that they made them do or told them to do was to put locks on. Okay, so when Musk took over Twitter. One of the things he did was create like hotel rooms that people could stay in, so they didn't have to go home, so that they could work more. Um, and this how is, thoughtful is, yeah, this is not legal in San Francisco. You can't be a hotel, I and mean, that makes you a hotel, and then you have to do all sorts of things, legal things that hotels have to do. Um, and one of the things that you have to do if you have this kind of hotel room is you have to have locks that automatically disengage when the fire suppression systems are triggered. So the employee was told that compliant locks were too expensive and was instructed to immediately install cheaper locks that were not compliant with life safety and egress codes. And that employee quit rather than break the law. Um, but uh, obviously they found someone else to do it because Good. they did install these locks. Go ahead. No, I mean, good. I was going to go down the path oh. of 
listen, when you're directed in your work to break a law, you quit. Mm-hmm. Go find another fucking exactly. job somewhere because the your boss is not going to go to jail for you. You're being told to do it because they need somebody to go to jail if they get caught. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and the complaint that was filed also alleges that Twitter failed to pay employees severance, back pay, and benefits they were owed and discriminated against some senior employees on the basis of age, gender, and sexual orientation when it decided to terminate them. And the other thing that really gets me is that Musk told his employees not to um, pay the rent for the company's headquarters. And when he when Musk was told that there would be termination fees if they didn't pay the rent, um, the company executive Steve Davis told the senior employees, well, we just won't pay those termination fees. We just won't pay landlords, adding, we just won't pay rent. So I don't think they have paid anything, any any rent or any um, building sort of... I mean, it's work for Donald Trump, I guess, fees. is kind of I don't know. where it's, society is it's heading. Ridiculous. I guess so. And CNBC reached out to Twitter for further information, and the company responded with an automated response that included a poop emoji, but no comment. I know. That poop emoji, their response to the media, it's so... Just send a Nazi flag, everybody. I mean... Oh, really? And it's because they fired all of their communications people. So somebody, probably directed by Musk, said, just just make a poop emoji and send an auto-response to everybody, all the journalists who contact us. So that's what all the journalists are getting, is, is the poop emoji. Which is right. like, and, how ridiculous can you be? See, I will say the difference between Elon Musk and Matty Healy is <laughs> Elon Musk does not have any redeeming qualities that I have seen. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Matty Healy does. He is just dangerously troubled in a sexy way. Um, so, ah. Uh, I mean, I would be I would be down with a dangerously troubled in a sexy way if it wasn't for the whole ghetto gaggers thing. That's that, really, th- that's um, shocking. Yeah, that that is yeah. disgusting and 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 as my grandmother would say, unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, yeah, would you believe Maddie Healy likes ghettogaggersweb.com? <laughs> so unfortunate. Yes, totally is. So that's it. That's all I've got this week. Um, that's all I have this week. I have much more about Stevie Nicks, but we'll save that for when she apologizes. <laughs> She'll never do anything that she needs to apologize for. Uh, well, I'll take that back because yes, she did. And I was actually very shocked by this. So she, th- this was, this is a small problem for me and Stevie. So in 1985, she went to see her doctor and he was like, her nose and throat guy. And he was like, hey, you've got a hole in the middle of your nose. It's so big. You're going to die of a stroke. Mm. You've got to like chill out on the Coke. And she decided that night, hey, I'm going to go to Betty Ford and I'm going to check myself in. And she did. And the next day, the doctor called her and said, and they were friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were friends. And he said, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And she was like, um, Sure. But also, in her mind, she was like, this is weird. I wonder, like, is he dying of cancer and he's going to tell me? Or is this like Mm -hmm. a date and he's asking me out? Kind of not clear what's happening here, but okay, cool. And uh, he picks her up and they drive to a house. And this, again, is 1986, I think, at this point. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, oh, this big mansion looks really familiar. And her doctor's like, hey, I forgot something inside. Um, I just have to run in and get it. Why don't you come with me? And we'll just be like five minutes. And so she does. And the door opens up and it's her manager. Right. Oh. And 
in the house are her dad, her mom, oh, no. her other manager, a couple of other people in her life who are very important that, that she loves, oh, my God. right? And they're all sitting in the living room and she says, oh, my God. oh this is an intervention, right? And they mm-hmm. said, yes, um, we want to talk to you. We're very concerned about you and the direction things are heading. And um, your music is great. Your voice is lovely and fine. Everything about you professionally is wonderful. But uh, but the drugs are too, doing too much to you personally, right? Mm-hmm. And then she said, well, what do you propose that I do? Bear in mind that she had already called Betty Ford mm-hmm. and had checked herself in. And the rule at wow. Betty Ford, from what I learned from my friend's TV, is... You've got to call yourself and check yourself in. Your your dad can't check you in, right? Um, and so, great. She had done that work. She had done that work. She had determined this is what she needed to do, and she was going to do it. And she was set to drive out to Palm Springs the next day, right? But surprise, the surprise intervention sprung up with all the people that love her, right? And she was like, okay, great. So uh, what's the plan? And they were like, well, we hadn't thought about what the next step would be. We just wanted mm-hmm. to let you know how concerned we all were. And she said, mm-hmm. all right, well, listen, I've, I'll just check myself in tomorrow and um, you're all mm-hmm. fired. Mom and dad, I'll see you in Phoenix. Oh my God. And turned around and walked oh my out. God. And then said, I didn't talk to that doctor again for five years, but I went to rehab wow. because I decided I needed to go to rehab. Nobody tells me what to do. And it's like, wow. Stevie, listen, you are, you are wonderful, yeah. but that was fucked up. You, yeah. That's, I get like an addict being angry that people are pointing out like, oh, you've got an addiction, right? Um, but to, to fire everybody when they have your best interests at heart and yeah. they're in agreement and alignment with yep. what you've already decided, like, right. why, why There's are nothing you to fire them for? Yeah. Uh, she didn't say whatever happened to all those other people. And I don't know how many people were in the room, but she felt like it was more than five. Probably are high on cocaine right now. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's all I got now. I'll stop there. You know, I could talk forever. Well, Stevie Nicks, we'll uh, wait for you to apologize for that. And then we'll do a a podcast episode about it. Perfect. That should have been my apology expected. Duh. Okay. Could have knitted those dots together. All right, Uh, great. That's, that's what it was. Fuck the glass All right. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you uh, next week. We won't see you because I'll be in Norway. So we'll have a classic episode um, again. Uh, <laughs> always <laughs> my fault, fine. but there you go. And uh, stay cool, cucumbers, and don't trip potato chips. And bye-bye, don't cry. <laughs> Take care, everybody. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>